Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. Welcome, everyone, to episode 160 of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we're going to go through the winners and losers of the first week of free agency. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter, at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter, at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. Looking forward to talking some more free agency. Yeah. We're over a week in, and you know we had some deals the last episode. I was I was not <laughs> as pleased, right? So this time around, it should should be different. Yeah, we'll we'll have much fewer losers this time now that we've already covered the Bulls and the Kings. Uh, it's worth noting we are recording this Saturday morning, so if anything happens on Saturday, right? Sorry in advance that we're not going to cover it because <laughs> we don't, we didn't know it happened. Um, yeah, so I, I guess, don't like sleeping again. Right, right. So wait, let's let's go through a couple obvious winners first, and then we can go into the nitty gritty. I mean, one people let's people are getting their jokes off because some of their ancillary signings have been. Uh, questionable, to say the least. But the L.A. Lakers, you sign LeBron James, you're going to be a free agent winner. It's as easy as that. You know, the Rondo, Lance, JaVale jokes aside, we can get into that later if we want to in the loser section. But, again, you have LeBron Can't James. Can't we just split it? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. We, we could do that once we hit the losers. But you, if you get LeBron James signed to a four-year deal, or it's all three years plus a player option, you win. It's as easy as that. You get the best free agent on the market, you win. So, congrats, Lakers fans. Um, Golden State Warriors, too, are the obvious obvious winner. Uh, re-signing KD, getting Boogie on a one-year $5.3 million deal that breaks the NBA, keeping Kevon Looney as well. Uh, they turned down his fourth-year player option and then got him back on a one-year minimum deal. It's not going to get as much attention as Boogie, obviously, but while Boogie recovers, wouldn't be a surprise if Looney is their starting center. So overall, a great summer for the defending champs. I don't think there's much to debate there. Uh, Who are some of your other big winners, Mort? I mean, you know, I've seen your email here, and I'm... I, I'm kind of I disagree with one uh, on your list because you have oh. this team in the loser section. Okay, and and this is going to sound batshit insane, and I'm going to wait until you start drinking so I uh, okay. so I'll, I'll see if you have yeah the Spurs. Yep, because that here, insane. yep, that sounds insane. Here's why: I think they finally get some clarity. Hmm. I think I think now after the whole you know Kawhi situation, like that's that's ultimately going to be settled i'm assuming mm-hmm. so it does come with the caveat that it's it's they're only a winner if they move Kawhi and like they, they get hold that whole situation just moved on right but i think this is just a unique opportunity to move forward like tony signed with charlotte mm-hmm. we don't know where that leads manu maybe manu retires right maybe pop retires maybe it's just like let's hit the reset button we've had 21 great years it's about time and I think in some ways that's good because mm. this franchise has been like the 50 wins minimum like every year uh, yeah, franchise. And for them to turn over a new leaf and start a little bit all over maybe with a new coach who's a little bit more, you know, was a little younger. Like Pop is the greatest of all time, but I wouldn't blame him one bit if he decided to hang it up, especially after the 
the tragic loss of his wife. Like mm-hmm. there's so many components there where I just feel that the, it would behoove them and it would benefit them greatly if they decided to say we're in this for a new era. I think that would make them winners ultimately because they just get more clarity. I want you to know that every Spurs fan listening just turned off this podcast. They they just started screaming curses yeah, at I you get and it. then just turned off the podcast. That's and you know what? It's fair. I get it. Because the the entire hope was Kawhi would be that bridge. Yeah. Like he would be the one to to continue this this stretch and after Kawhi would find somebody else. You know, maybe even to, maybe that guy is Deontay Murray. Like we don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I get all that, but at the end of the day, when you look at it with all the drama of last year, mm-hmm. like it, it really hurt the the Spurs brand. Even though it shouldn't. Like let's right. just get that right off the bat. I don't think the the Spurs brand should should be hurt by that, but it was like yeah, they they were not accustomed to be in the high profile media section. Like they they weren't. That's never been their style, and for them to move past that situation hopefully, because that's the caveat that I'm bringing up here, mm-hmm. and for them to see you know, Tony leave, where you don't have to play him entitlement minutes anymore as well, like you can sort of fresh start everything, and I think that comes with certain benefits. I, and I, I completely understand it for Spurs fans, like, oh, you're losing your goddamn mind. No. I, right. I think it is good to shake up the bag once in a while. Mm. I, I think there's... I, I understand what you're saying. There's value in passing the torch to... Dejounte and to Lonnie Walker and to see, you know, what happens with their young guys. That said, the reason I had the Spurs as a loser is, A, losing Tony Parker. I know you've been joking that he needs to retire for about three years now. But there's an emotional connection between him and the San Antonio community. And it just, you know, seeing how Sarah reacted yesterday and Jesse Blanchard, uh, the editor-in-chief of B-Ball Breakdown, like, they're... It goes beyond just his on-court impact when you've cheered for that guy for 17 years. Losing him hurts. So Mm. I can't say there, you know, maybe it does benefit them on the court, but I I think they wanted to see him be a lifelong spur. And I think losing him... I did too. Yeah. I did too. Right, right. And then the Kawhi situation, I'm going to push back on that because I think they've lost a lot of leverage since free agency started. I think... The fact that LeBron went there, the LeBron went to the Lakers. You know, there there was talk um, in the days leading up to free agency that LeBron didn't want to go alone. The Lakers felt like they were under pressure to get a deal done for Kawhi before LeBron opted out because they weren't sure if he was going to come. Then he goes alone. So then the Lakers all of a sudden say, ah, you know, maybe we don't need to offer Brandon Ingram because if Kawhi wants to sign here next year. We can clear max cap space. There's nothing anyone can do to stop it. And at the same time, you know, Boston and Philly, the other two most mentioned destinations for Kawhi, now see, oh shit, the Lakers can clear up max cap space. Boston in particular, there's been no report saying Kawhi would sign with them long term. So they're right. not going to offer Jason, um, Jason. Yeah, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I hate those guys for having such similar names. I was kind of mixed <laughs> up. But Brown or Tatum, they're not going to offer the Kings uh, top one protected pick. They have no reason to, unless they get uh, confirmation that Kawhi would consider resigning with them. And again, it had no one has reported he would. Uh, Sham Sharani of Yahoo Sports said the that situation is not all that appealing to him. Chris Haynes on ESPN Friday night said the Sixers are the only Eastern Conference team he would consider re-signing with. So Boston, like for all intents and purposes, is probably out of the Kawhi Leonard bidding. And then Philly, like if you're if you're Philly now and you see Boston is probably out and you see the Lakers have less incentive to offer anything good, Philly's not going to offer Markel Fultz. They're going to offer, you know, Zach Lowe in his column the other day said he's not even convinced they've offered the reported Covington plus Sarge plus the Miami pick, which, like, shouldn't be enough for Kawhi as is. Even if they did offer that, I wouldn't blame the Spurs for turning it down. So it feels like the Spurs have just lost significant leverage here, and maybe that goes up as they head into training camp. Maybe someone suffers a major injury and a team gets desperate, whatever. Um, But it, you know, it... It seems like they can't go into this season with Kawhi Leonard on their roster. It seems like the situation is too far gone. So I just think 
the confluence of factors. Um, you know, if if they do trade Kawhi for Covington and Sarge, they're still going to win fifty games, uh, and they still will accomplish their goal of you know staying competitive now. And Sarge is a piece to build around later next to Walker and Murray, so it could be the best of both worlds. Maybe they aren't a loser three months from now, but right now, I'd say this first week has not gone as planned. And then also, Memphis handed Kyle Anderson a four-year, almost $38 million offer sheet on Friday night. No Mm -hmm. word on whether they plan to match it. They should. Like, that's a totally reasonable offer to match. But maybe that was more than they wanted to spend on him. So, you know, I I think it's just been a tough week for Spurs fans. They were never going to get equal value for Kawhi anyway. Oh, no. So that's why I've resigned myself to the fact that just get resolution on it. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I look at as a win. Because at this point, having him on the team mm-hmm. is just going to be such a problem. Like, yeah. Is there any way? Like, I, I can't even imagine any scenario right now where Kawhi will be a Spurs moving forward. Like They can't yeah. sit down and hash this out anymore. It's done. No. Yeah. Especially all the leaks coming out now about, um, I think it was Michael C. Wright on the back-to-back pod from the Count the Dings network the other day who was saying, like, (laughs) there was the time where the Spurs came to go visit Kawhi in New York and then Kawhi's camp, like, hid him away when they came into the gym. Uh, All the leaks coming out now, it's like the situation is just too far gone. And and the one from Bill Simmons, that one was the one that really, like, scared me a little bit. Oh, about yeah. Anyway, like going to seven or eight doctors for yeah. different opinions until you find the one that you like. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. Yeah. Good, so it's not. And obviously the Spurs lost leverage. But that's just to clarify once and for all. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm right. basically right. talking about just flipping over a new leaf. I yeah. think it would be good for him. I think overall it, it would be it would just be beneficial to the entire organization to do something else to just wash everything away and start fresh it's fine like they were winners for 21 season right 21 seasons yeah that's that's a lot it's fine like no one is going to look down yeah you can like nobody's going to look down at the spurs for rebuilding right I, i think it's just like popovich probably has a year or two left so i don't think they want to make him start that process I, I, like that's why right. I, I think they want to stay competitive for the next year or two because they know it's pops last season or two, and they, you know, they, they know once we start a rebuild, there's no point in pop staying around. We should have a new coach to, usher, like, see that thing through from the start. So, but what's the point now? What's the point now? Like, regardless, they're not going to be a championship contender either. Right. I, I just I I feel this would give Pop a window. Where it, everything would be just be fine if he said, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm retiring. I, I'm gonna. Bro- <laughs> How does I'm that gonna make bro- the winners? No, 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 no. But living over a new leaf because here's yeah, the thing: if he's sticking, if he's sticking around, like we spoke about this a couple weeks ago, he's like a 30 win coach. Right. Like if you know what right, I mean, like right, he, right. he alone adds 30 wins to a team. So if he does that two years for two years straight, while the team is not really like, com- yeah, they're competitive, but they're not a contender. Mm-hmm. Like that's two years where they'll get like, at best, middling first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna propel them forward. Right. So in that sense, it would help them to just give him a give him a chance to say, you know what, this rebuild needs to start now. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like we we understand that you want to end on a high, on a winning season and on a high note. Like it wasn't a high note with Kawhi, but right. like it was a playoff season. Yeah. Oh man. Sarah is never going to talk to you again after this episode. I'm not. Oh, come on. Come on. I'm, this is, I'm actually, what I'm, what, let me tell you about my motivation here. It's actually giving Pop a chance to do what he wants to do because I can't yeah. imagine he wants to coach for two years with like a middling roster. I, I would think he might want to stick around one more year just like so this whole Kawhi situation is not what he goes out on. And like, you know, he'd, Oh, he bridged yeah. the gap that, with Marcus. Like I, I think he genuinely, he was very. Um, it seemed like he was very attached to the Lamarcus and like felt personally invested in Lamarcus's success last year. I think he would like right. to 
move past the Kawhi thing, like set the stage for a year for someone to take over, uh, you know, see these young kids like start to develop a little bit. I don't, I, I don't think he wants to go out on that note. But that's fair. Yeah. I, I hadn't considered that. That's a that's a good angle. Yeah. My entire point here was just I wanted to give him the freedom if he wanted out. Yeah, like sure, I wanted sure. to give him a chance to to make his own call. Like if Pop said, "No, you know what? I want to be here for fifteen more years." Like fine, right. fine. I mean, but I just felt like if they were going to rebuild and if they're going in a brand new direction, which it seems like they have to be with Kawhi going out the door. Yeah, I just wanted to to like say, you know what? There is a silver lining to it, which is you can flip everything over. You can say goodbye to to the old greatness mm-hmm. and but i also understand like that's a good point you brought up like that shouldn't be his his final the final memory of his legacy shouldn't right. be the Kawhi stuff absolutely right. do you think one season is enough to wash that away though i think with all he did for the franchise like he he can feasibly do one season then say i'm retiring i'm coaching team usa in 2020 i need a season to prepare for that i think that's like mm. a logical transition plan Yep, that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. Yep, and and just again to Spurs fans out there who haven't turned off the podcast, right? I'm not advocating that you should just blow it up for the hell of it. That's right, right, right. not the case. Yeah. yeah. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer, <laughs> this might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. All right. All right let's go into an actual winner then. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> the Indiana Pacers, man, they low-key have like... You know, they're not on the Lakers or the Warriors level because they didn't get a LeBron or they didn't get Boogie for $5 million. But No, they, but they got Doc McDermott. <laughs> who's close, yeah. You know, and we'd, we'd shit on them for that because that was a questionable deal. But the other two moves they've made, they got Tyreek Evans on a one-year $12 million deal. Kylo Quinn, one-year $4.5 million. I love those deals. Like Indiana got mm-hmm. significantly better this summer. Also drafting Aaron Holiday twenty third. Like they're they're gonna be. A, I mean, I know they were they were the five seed last year, so it's like there's not much room for them to go up. But it feels like they're gonna be right in the mix for that number three, number four seed next year. They're gonna be good. I'm, yep. I'm excited for this Indiana team. You know who else is gonna be good? Because this just came over the wire. Uh oh. Mutual interest between oh, Jonas yeah. Terepko and the Golden State Warriors. Yep. Once again, the rich getting richer. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, okay. No, the Pacers um, did not like the Doc McDermott trade, or yeah. signing. Will say, and I've mentioned those podcasts as well, it's because he doesn't shoot enough. Like, he's a three-point shooter who doesn't shoot enough. Right. Like, if, if he just upped the attempts, that deal could be worth it. Like, mm-hmm. there is a world wherein that becomes a value contract. But mm-hmm. I have to see it before I believe it. Right. Tyreek Evans, one year, 12 million. Absolutely fantastic. He averaged over 19 points last year. I also believe he was in the five rebounds, five assists club, or close to it. Yeah, close to it. Career Maybe. year from three. Like, yeah. high volume. For, was it almost 40%? Yeah. Like, where did that come from? I know. Um and and I've seen on Twitter a lot of people say, oh, but he's play he plays the same position as Victor Oladipo. Well, yeah. here's the great part: Oladipo played a lot of point guard minutes in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Tyreek was actually a full time point guard in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So those guys could be interchangeable. Right. And Tyreek as well has played some three yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah. So I don't think it. I, I think it's easily fixable in terms of of how they play together. I don't think necessarily that they're both locked into the two. Oh yeah. I don't at all. I didn't, I didn't think positionality like we need to just, I mean, Brad Stevens said this last year and I gave him some shit at the time, but it's right. Like we need to stop thinking about rigid positions for most players. Like Mm -hmm. one through five thing is gone. It's ball handler, wing, big. That's it. Yep. And if you have, 
you can have multiple ball handlers you can have multiple wings like the pacers as you said there will be times where oladipo is running the point there will be times where tyreek is running the point i assume tyreek i don't know if he's gonna start or if he's gonna come off the bench but like you know you can have a starting lineup of Vic, um darren collison oladipo bogdanovich thad young uh and then miles turner and now you've got Kylo Quinn, Tyreek Evans, Doug McDermott coming off the bench. Like, that's one hell of an eight-man rotation right there. Yep. And that's not factoring in anyone else on the team. How does LeBron fit into that whole mindset of ball handler, wing, <laughs> big? He's, like, all, all three. three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess he could change whatever on a possession-by-possession possession basis. Or that's just LeBron. Yeah. Like, that's just, yeah. Right. Like... yeah that, that's the fourth <laughs> position, or you have a LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I love what the Pacers did this summer. I, I think yep. once I get the motivation to write about it, I probably will. Because I, I think they're just going to get ignored because they're the Pacers. And, you know, they just don't get enough national attention. But, like, they they are a low-key huge winner this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. And also, it's it's probably, and I hate to say this because I really love Al Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's probably addition by subtraction. Right. He signed in China, and and he was getting slower. He was older, yep. uh, and and his game just didn't translate to the new age NBA, which is which is unfortunate. From everything I've heard, he's really a, a great guy. Yeah, works hard, and and is a, has a really positive effect on the locker room. But you know, it, it, yeah, I, I think that they could potentially lose something chemistry wise, mm-hmm. but at the same time. Lance Stevenson isn't there anymore, which right. might be a positive thing. So <laughs> right. you have to you have to weigh it out a little bit. Did you see the comments from Kevin Pritchard where he was like, sometimes Lance was the best player on our team, and then sometimes Lance was the best player on the other team. <laughs> <laughs> but we wish Lance well. Good luck, Lakers. Uh, yeah. That that is very much true. I know, yeah. it's really accurate. Um, yeah. I think another obvious big winner of the Thunder. Not only re-signing Paul George, yeah. getting him locked into such a long deal. I don't think anyone really expected a three plus one. The Jeremy Grant contract, I love it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like I, we, we talked about it before. That team is going to be so disgusting on defense, especially yeah. they also got Nerlens Noel on the bench. And then there's talk that they're going to get rid of Mello. Uh, Woj reported it Friday. They're either going to trade him, stretch him, buy him out, whatever. Um, but they're they're trying to trim ninety million or so on their luxury tax bill, which makes sense. And we we talked and liked about Mello last episode in the, the Levine episode, so you can see more there. But I mean, I think it goes without saying that if you're talking about addition by subtraction, Mello yep. might be that for OKC, especially uh, defensively. Like, yeah, and now like they were nasty before, but now without Mello. That team's going to be so... Like, I know we talked about this before. But like, Russ is going to just shoot 40 times a game. Because if you're starting Roberson and Grant, there's just not much shooting in that starting lineup. But, like, my God. They are just going to be so hellacious defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I mean, unless that... There's a chance the patellar injury robs Roberson of some lateral quickness. But if he's the same player he was before... I just don't see a world in which they don't have a top five defense. Oh, I, I, I mean, top five is is pretty vague. Like top three, at least. I would be yeah. disappointed if it wasn't top three. But here's the thing, Roberson. Even if he is a little bit limited, like he will still be an active defender. Like he, right. he because he's a smart guy. Like he's a smart defender. His rotation patterns are pretty good. He will switch onto bigs on occasion where he has great length and anticipation. Mm-hmm. So he could manage. Like. Yeah. You know, if if the body feels a little bit slow that evening, yeah, switch, go on a big. Right, and that, his presence, like Paul George, was significantly better defensively when he was around because Roberson could take the top wing. Paul George could be number two. Paul George, like, right, you know, he he was leading the league in assists or in steals for a long time last year until Roberson went down. So like, that's gonna make Paul George better, and then having Jeremy too. Like, Jeremy can he he can switch. I mean. All three of those guys can yeah. just switch interchangeably. Like, oh, didn't very... Jeremy have a nine-block game in his rookie season with Philly? Uh, I believe so. That sounds about right. Yeah, Jeremy. I mean, like, I've adopted. I've officially adopted the Thunder as my West 
Western Conference team because they are now nice. just Process West with Nerlens and Jeremy and like they have they have former Sixers and Nerlens Jeremy. They have Paul George who was a future Sixer and is now a former Sixer but maybe a future Sixer down the line again. Like it's it's Process West. I love them. I'm That's very nice. Excited. Yeah, I mean, my wife told me I need more comedy in my life, so my Western <laughs> Conference team is the Kings. So. <laughs> well, because they they're the only other team that wanted Zach Levine, so that's good. Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah. See, I'm still, I'm laughing already. <laughs> uh, I think Boston Celtics. We mentioned them before, but they are also a clear winner. Yeah, re-signing Aaron Baines for using his non-bird rights to re-sign him was mm-hmm. really smart because uh, they still have. And apparently, it was very easy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that. He was, they're like, you want to resign? Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. Um, <laughs> I love that so yeah. much. <laughs> uh, this The Brad Wanamaker signing is kind of sneaky. I, I like it. They, they mm-hmm. dove into the international waters last year with Daniel Theis, and he was good, and now they're going to do it again. So I don't know how much Brad Wanamaker is going to play. I think he's mostly just going to be their third point guard, but... It'll be interesting. Yeah, it's um, fine. And then Marcus Smart, there hasn't been much traction in terms of his, um, his in terms of his restrictive free agency. He there were comments from him the other day about him being hurt and disgusted. They hasn't gotten a huge a concrete offer from Boston, but guess what, Marcus? That's <laughs> that's the market, buddy. So it, it works out well in Boston's favor that no team has swooped in with a big offer sheet. You know, um, Nurkic just got a four-year, $48 million deal from Portland. So I think there was talk that Marcus was wanting something in, like, the 12 to $14 million range annually. Um, oh, that's out the window. Yeah, I think so. So he might he might end up taking the qualifying offer. Um, but it seems like, you know, no, I don't... I don't want to rule out the Kings. We don't know. But it, <laughs> it doesn't seem like anyone's going to swoop in with, like, a four-year, $80 million offer sheet for Marcus Smart, so Boston should be able to keep him at least for a year, even if he takes the qualifying offer, keep him for pretty cheap. And he's a big part of their team. So I, I hate them. I always, I'm going to go back to that, but they've had a good summer. Yep. Uh, uh, I, I would agree. And by the way, just I mean, we talked about how the Kings went after Zach Levine last episode uh-huh. and, how, and how it didn't make sense. Right. Like, you just mentioned Marcus Smart. Yeah. That would actually make sense. Yeah, that is true. You can back up both guard positions. Mm-hmm. Come in and be the defensive presence. I would actually, I can't believe I'm saying this. I would like that decision by the Kings. Depend. I mean, wait, depending on they did right, it. Right, yeah. Wait till you see how much they offer before you say that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Three years, eighty. Yeah. Ugh. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Um, all right, let's go into some I, between. Uh, they're like towing the line between winners and losers because you could really go both ways here. Um, all right, Dallas Mavericks. I think probably more to the winner side. You can't stop I'm not, it. I'm not including Luka Doncic here. I saw you. Oh, you wrote about this. Yeah, you wrote okay. about this for Give Me but, Sport. Yeah, I did. But like, just the fact that you had you just clarified though. You said I'm not including Luka Doncic. Right, right. right. I, I'm, I'm just, taking my stop it back. Yeah, so it's okay. Just free agency. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I was about to get really upset with you. Yeah. Oh no. If, if you're including the draft, they're like they're one of the biggest winners of the summer. But yeah, okay, just free good. agency. But just getting DeAndre Jordan, it came out Friday night that he took twenty two point nine million, which is less than he would have earned. Yep. on his player option. Te- te- Texas doesn't have state taxes, so it, he ultimately didn't sacrifice anything because California state taxes are absurd. Um, so, yeah, he didn't sacrifice anything financially. Um, but getting him to less than what he would have had on his player option had they done an opt-in and trade is a big win. You, I'm going to plug your piece for Give Me Sport where you wrote about DeAndre and how he might fit 
with the Mavs. I think we both agree mm-hmm. that a one-year deal, you know, you you were very out on this idea of DeAndre to the Mavs, but it was more a concern like... Long-term. Right. We don't get how he fits with a core of Doncic and DSJ when right. those guys are in their early 20s, late teens, and then DeAndre is going to turn 30. They got him on a one-year deal. Who gives a shit? Exactly. And, and that was the point I was making in that piece because he does provide a, a lob thread. Yep. He does provide, you know, the, this this big body that Luca and Dennis has to learn how to play off of, mm-hmm. like on screen rolls and, and, and all these things. What bothers me a little bit, and I should have mentioned that in the piece, is it's unfortunate that Dallas did not get a guy who could both pick and roll and pick and pop. Like, you can't use Dirk as the role man anymore. Like, right. he's straight up pick and pop. Right. Because that would just enhance their understanding of how to read the big man screen setting a lot better mm. and more efficiently. Mm-hmm. But I think that could come down the line with, with new big men that yeah. comes in. Maybe even a little bit with Dwight Powell. Maybe. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. And I saw comments today from Mark Cuban um, where he talked about why they went after Boogie and not, or why they didn't go after Boogie and why they went after right. Jordan. And he basically said, like, we're, you know, this it very well could be Dirk's last season. We're not in a place where we can wait until February or whatever for Boogie to be healthy before he's yep. on the court. Like, we just needed a guy to make an instant impact. So the Warriors have the luxury of they can take it slow with Boogie. The Mavericks did not. They want to send Dirk out on a high note. And, you know, a starting or a, a group including Dennis Smith Jr., Luka Doncic, Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews, Dirk Nowitzki, DeAndre Jordan. Like, they might not make the playoffs because it's the West, but if they were in the East, they sure as hell would. Yeah, and more importantly, at least for me, they'll be fun. Yeah, they will be fun. Yeah. I I think that counts for something. Like, we never talk about the fun stuff. Like, they will be fun to watch. Yeah. Luka Doncic just manipulating screen and rolls, DJ diving... Dennis Smith Jr. dunking on seven footers. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm excited for this Mavericks team. It'll be nice to send Dirk out on a high note. Uh, the Washington Wizards. I like, like it. I yeah, like I think I would call them a winner because it's easy. It's really easy to make jokes about what they've done, right? Like Austin Rivers is somewhat of an unlikable player. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, same with Dwight Howard. Uh, who they signed to a two-year, $11 million deal with a second-year player option after he reached the buyout with Brooklyn. They also brought in Jeff Green on a one-year minimum deal. So, like, it's easy to make jokes about that locker room in in particular because that locker room has had problems already. And then bringing Mm -hmm. in a Dwight Howard and an Austin Rivers, like, I could see how it, it just makes that team seem more unlikable. That said, I think Dwight Howard's going to be a clear upgrade over Marcin Gortat. Yep. Jeff Green, you know, he's fine. Like, he is what he is at this point, but he was one of Cleveland's best players last year, which says more about Cleveland than it does anything else. But, you know, he proved he can be productive in the right role. And they lost Mike Scott to the Clippers. They needed a guy to go in and fill in some wing minutes. Like, now they have Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre, Jeff Green. Like, that's fine. It'll be adequate. They have Markeith as well. Like, I think the Wizards are better on paper than they were last year. It's just like, there's a non-zero chance that we have a repeat of the Gilbert Arena situation where John Wall brings a gun in the locker room and tries to shoot someone. (laughs) You forgot to mention my boy. Who? Troy Brown. I'm I'm not, I'm not talking draft here this is just no no i know but you you just mentioned marquee like you just went on the depth yeah like yeah that's true like this this washington wizards team is going to be significantly deeper than in the years past yeah which was always their problem right so when we go down the depth chart and we see that i mean now they have more wings than they've had for what five or six years yeah they can switch man yeah a lot yeah I think you can they're... play Markeith at center. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like they're gonna be. I think Boston's the clear number one in the East. I think right. Philly and Toronto, if they stay healthy, are the likely two and three in some order. 
Then I think it's Indiana. Oh, you're being modest. You're being uh, modest. No, Toronto, like, Toronto was the number one seed last year. And yeah, then, but but still, like it's it's between you and Boston for one though. No, I think Boston. I, I think Boston's gonna win sixty plus games this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you you guys could be very close to that. Uh, I don't know. I'm not putting. I think I think that. Oh, you're 16, being so conservative. I think that sixteen game win streak really altered perception of where this team is. I I think another fifty win season would be great. And I guess they they get to like beat up on the East, which is going to help them. Like they they're playing in a division with Brooklyn and with the Knicks in particular, who are just going to be awful. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't if if they don't win like fifty eight games. I'm not going to say this season's a failure. And I think Toronto again they they won fifty nine last year and they re-signed Fred Van Vliet. Like all their whole young bench mob is going to get better as long as Serge Ibaka doesn't age another five years in one offseason I think they'll be right back in which there. he will and <laughs> Kyle Lowry is about to turn 54 so <laughs> right right that's that is the concern but I I'm I'm not gonna say anything about Toronto's playoff chances I think we both lost any right to do that but I think they'll be a good regular season team again but anyway it Philly and, and Toronto somewhere in two and three but then like Washington Indiana Milwaukee are gonna be the four five six in yeah. some order and that goes back to our conversation about you know if in a one to sixteen format how many West teams would make <laughs> like I th- I'm relatively confident those three teams would still make it but then that's the, I think that's the cutoff I think after that it'd be ten West oh, yeah, teams yeah. and Game then over. those six seeds but like Washington Indiana Milwaukee for the four seed it wouldn't even totally stun me if one of those teams made it to the three like all three of them got significantly better on paper. Milwaukee only because they got a new coach, which is going to help a lot. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, poor they, Joe. Yeah, like, like there, there are going to be a lot of jokes this year about the Easter Conference being shit and like how they should change the playoff. Oh, format, you mean the change, least in conference? Right, change the All Star format because there's. I saw someone say like seventeen. If you did an All Star ballot with just no conferences, like seventeen or eighteen of the twenty four would be from the West, and like no. It's not true. There's still a lot of good... It will be easy to fill out an all-star team from Eastern Conference players. You don't have LeBron anymore, but you can very easily fill 12 guys and still have snubs. Just from those six teams alone. So, what, 17 out of the 24? So that's seven players from the Eastern Conference? Right. So that's Yadis, it's John Wall... Kyrie, Gordon Kyrie. Hayward, Tatum. Gordon Hayward, is no, Gordon Hayward is nowhere near a lock because he's coming no, off the right. bench. Joel, he's not Joel Embiid, Simmons, ben, ben Simmons. Yeah, Ben Simmons. So you have the not the the, the players who haven't been all stars before. Right. Aaron Gordon probably could. Lowry, yeah. DeRozan. Not, 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 Lowry's, Lowry's done. DeRozan. DeRozan is like if you go over the top twenty four players in the league, maybe not. Brad Beal. Well, still, like Oladipo. I, I, I get, the, I get where the where the idea is coming from, but I agree it's not that drastic. It's yeah. not seven. Yeah, but it yeah, probably I, it's like fourteen or fifteen, maybe. It's not seven. Yeah, yeah, for the West. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But it's not seventeen or eighteen. There's still a lot of talented players in the East. Yeah, two. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you went to fifteen. Oh, two more guys. Right. Cool. Well, they're just all cobbled <laughs> together on like five or six teams. That's the problem. Like there are. There are a lot of teams that yeah. have no chance. Um, the other the other team in that, that middle area, I'd say, is Utah. They got mm. uh, Derek Favors back on that two-year, $36 million deal, which is effectively one year to 18 because it's non-guaranteed in the second year. Resign right. Dante Exum to a three-year, $33 million deal, which is drew surprising, conflicting uh, opinions on Twitter. So what do you think about the Exum deal? It's it's an investment, mm-hmm. and I don't mind it because Exum, when he's healthy, like during the playoffs, his defense was extraordinary, mm-hmm. and he seemed to have learned how to figure out how to use his length. Right. Offensively, he still needs a lot of work, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure he's ever going to re- reach that level where we expected him to become like an offensive facilitator. I think yeah. he's going to be an opportunistic scorer, and his calling card is going to be defense. Mm-hmm. But... Honestly, I think that's fine. I mean, thirty-three yeah. million, 
over three years. I mean, that's the kind of deal Marcus Smart should be looking for. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, it's a really good good comparison. Uh, I mean, Exum, I think, is just such a question mark still because of all the injuries. But mm. what he did on defense against James Harden in the playoffs, I think, shows you why Utah is smart to reinvest in him. Maybe he's not a full-time point guard, but even if you just play him as a wing and a secondary ball handler who's really effing good on defense, that has value, especially uh-huh. at what amounts to be $11 million a year. Like I, As long as he can put this injury stuff behind him, I think, as you said, it's a good investment. I, I have no problem with that deal. It's Maybe they overpaid him. Like Maybe there was no one offering him $10-plus million, but... Right. There's something to be said, again, we talked about this with the Favors deal, for a small market team like Utah, there's something to be said about building up the perception that you do right by your players. Yeah. So I, I It's think, essential. Right. It's absolutely essential. So I think that was a big part of their logic with Exum, which is fine. I, you know, I, I have no problems with what the Utah Jazz have done this summer, <laughs> and Grayson Allen's going to be... A perfect just antagonist for that team, as we've already seen in summer league. Yeah. By the way, he's going to be a lot better than what people think. I agree. I think him next to like Donovan Mitchell is going to take him under his wing, and he's going to be really good in Utah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, big time. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clothes. Let's switch to the losers then, Mort. We got it. We already touched on the Spurs, so we won't go there. Their division mates, the Houston Rockets, losing Trevor Ariza to Phoenix, signing Michael Carter Williams, signing Chris <laughs> Paul to a four-year deal with 160 million. That they had to do it, but that last year, yeah. as we've talked about, could be horrendous. Yeah. And now there's talk that. Clint Capella negotiations are not going well. That he might actually take his qualifying offer. I, I don't know what to say. It's not exactly the summer you envisioned. Like, we were no. sitting here for a long time talking about, oh, maybe they can get LeBron, maybe they can get Paul George. And instead, they lost Trevor Risa. Right. <laughs> like, that's just... It, it wasn't really the course that, not, that, that we expected them to. No. And that's unfortunate. So, I, I definitely have them, like, a... a a whole tier down coming into next season if they yeah. don't do something. And I don't think they will. Like, look, there's there are a lot of rumors that they're going to sign Melo when he's, oh, like, waived or yeah. whatever. And, like, and I've seen on Twitter people like, oh, that's perfect. Like, redemption. Right. I'm like, right. what are you talking about? Like, Trevor Reza is clearly the better player at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think they, they come back from this one. I think this yeah. is just a year where they go, whoops. Right. That's not great. We'll have to <laughs> rectify that next year. Yeah. Thing is, next year, it's even worse cap wise. Right. Right. Well, are the people who are talking about Mello to Houston, are those all Lakers fans just trying to will him to Houston? Because I saw a bunch of Lakers fans like jokingly saying, Go, Daryl Morey. Oh, He's, he can be your like third superstar wing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I saw Houston fans as well. Oh, wow. Because, okay. No, well, no, no. again, as you talked about, you know, big name. Yeah, right. I know. It's it's interesting to see uh, how this new owner, Tillman Fertitta, um, how he operates. And if, because mm-hmm. I think it was Mark Stein of the New York Times who reported that Houston would have interest in Carmelo. And it really might just be because it's a big name and Chris Paul, the banana boat thing. There's the connection there. But it, it like speaks volumes about where Melo is right now in the league, where the news of his buyout leaked Friday. <laughs> and then Stein had that report. And all, like, every Lakers fan that I saw on Twitter was like, yes, go to Houston. And then the Houston fans I saw on Twitter were like, no, don't do it. <laughs> like, they, when you're playing hot potato with Carmelo, 
that's basically what Lakers fans and Rocket fans are doing right now. Like both of them yep. want the other team to sign him, which is not a great sign for where Carmelo Anthony's standing is in the NBA in 2018. But that reminds me. That reminds you. You should go to what is the SB Nation uh, Sacramento Kings division called? Is it the Sacktown Royal? Yeah, Sacktown Royalty. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you should go into the comment section for when they announced that they had signed uh, Sacramento to an offer sheet. Oh, because <laughs> they had live commentary and they were so depressed it was so funny they were so depressed and then suddenly the Vogue tweet came out saying the Bulls would match mm-hmm. and they were celebrating and it was like it's an entire adventure like we went through a whole narrative and it's amazing like you should go read it it's yeah. it's tremendous I'm gonna have to do that that sounds really fun um at Cleveland Cavaliers, we also have to mention, it, like, it just goes without saying. You lose LeBron, you're a loser in free agency. There's nothing they could have done. They're, you know, they're, that ship had sailed seemingly a year ago. I mean, when these LeBron and the Lakers, that stuff, that speculation started more than a year ago. So I think the Kyrie trade, or like, letting go of David Griffin, the Kyrie trade, that probably right. sealed the deal right there. No amount of roster alterations they could make after that. Their trade deadline overhaul, there's nothing they can do. I think what really makes them a potential loser is now there's talk, and it could just be GM talk, but it, you know Kobe Altman has said they don't want to trade Kevin Love. They want to re- bring back the same core. There is no point. Like, you, the yeah, Cavs right. owe a top 10 protected pick to Atlanta from the Kyle Korver deal. They should do everything in their power to keep that pick. Like that's your only way out of this mess now. You gotta trade Kevin Love. You gotta trade Kyle Korver. I don't George think, Hill. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna take George Hill, but if you can get someone to do it, go ahead and yeah, do I it. Agree. Like you gotta embrace the tank. I I think the one deal I've seen floated out there that would be both funny and interesting is just undoing the Kevin Love and Wiggins swap from a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, sending Love to Minnesota, Wiggins back to I want I want credit for that because I mentioned that over a year ago on yeah. this very podcast. Yeah. It would be it'd be interesting. I actually I mean if you if you still have any faith in Andrew Wiggins, that's the one scenario <laughs> in which, you know, he Then he you should go... probably stop watching basketball. <laughs> well but he would go to that team and be the number one scorer. Like, you know, there were the reports out that he was, like, pissed because he was the number three guy behind Butler in town. Oh, yeah. If he goes to Cleveland, it's his team. Yep. Um, I will say this. I will be a hypocrite if I didn't say there's also an element of winning in finally fi- finding out what happens with LeBron. Like, there's not yeah. going to be any more LeBron drama. That's true. The, and the annual will he, won't he stay, mm-hmm. that's done for now. Yeah. Like now you can actually plan. Right. So that's and true. that's the light. Like that's that's what I'm I'm always trying to present with the Spurs as well. Like mm-hmm. as long as you have a path, yeah. I think that goes such a long way. Okay. When you don't know what's happening and you don't know where you're going, that's when you go into trouble. And they are losers if they keep Kevin Love because that would be going the wrong path. That would be going into the path of, "Oh, oh, we're actually good." Mm-hmm. No, no you're not. Did you watch yourself in the plan? <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the, I losing LeBron makes him a loser, but I, I think the real, if they stand pat with the rest of the roster, that would really mm. make them a loser. Like, they need to be proactive and blow this team apart. Protect yep. that top 10 protected pick. Make sure you keep it Yeah, and move on from there. And don't you dare go to your next point because I saw who you had as the loser there. <laughs> that I'm not. I'm not even gonna buy that argument because that is only kind of, that's whoever says that is dumb it's, and does not know anything. You so, would not believe how prevailing this sentiment is. So all right, present it. Okay, so on Sixers Twitter right now, there is a lot of frustration about what the Sixers have done this offseason. Uh, and a lot of it ultimately boils down to. You know, Brett Brown coming into in his exit interview, he said, we need another, we need more help. We need a high-level free agent. Uh, mm-hmm. During the night of the draft, he said, we're star hunting or we're star developing. That's how you win a championship. He openly alluded to making it work with LeBron. They got a meeting with LeBron. 
Paul George was the other guy on the market, but obviously he resigned in uh, OKC quickly. There's still talk of them potentially trading for Ka- Kawhi Leonard. So right now they have not gotten that star, and there's a lot of frustration about that. Instead, they re-signed Redick to the one-year $12 to $13 million deal. Which was smart. Right. Absorbed Wilson Chandler in cap space and got a 2021 second plus a 2022 second pick swap. Which, again, which was smart. Right. Resigned Amir Johnson to a one-year minimum deal. And then, eh. you know, veteran locker room leadership, whatever. Um, and then they got Bielitsa for the one-year $4.3 million room exception. Which was good and smart. Right. Like, I I don't understand the backlash. I, I, I do. I get why people are frustrated. But, like, the, I don't know what the alternative is. That I guess that's the point. Like, I've seen a lot of people say, like, they, they weren't creative with their use of cap space. They should have done something better. And it's like, what? What was the better alternative? There were two stars on the market. There's one star on the trade market. Otherwise, like, what? You want to overpay Zach Levine or Jabari Parker? Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, actually yeah, you, you probably should have done that. <laughs> so the Bulls could have matched even the higher offer? <laughs> oh, God, they would have. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 you're right. I mean, look, this is this is such a silly sentiment. So so by that logic, if we go back to 20, 2010, you know, with the whole, you know, Bosch, Wade, LeBron, Carlos Boozer, Amari Stoudemire, like everyone was on the market eight right. years ago. So for the, all the teams that cleared cap space, mm-hmm. we should call them losers, because the Miami Heatles happened? Yeah, I think that's that's the argument, I guess. Like, I've seen some people say, you know, they wanted to go after younger players. Who's on the market? So here's the thing. If you're a younger player... Exactly. You, <laughs> if you're a younger player and you were a first-round pick, you're a restricted free right. agent. So you yeah. have to get an offer sheet with at least two years not counting options. So... That second year doesn't have to be guaranteed, but that player isn't signing a deal with, you know, a three-year deal with only one year guaranteed. That's like, true. It's, it's just not going to happen. So that's out the window because Philly wants to keep 2019 cap space open. Right now they project to have about $42 million in cap space, according to Bobby Marks. And yeah, like, there are going to be more teams with cap space next summer than there are good free agents Mm-hmm. But the teams with cap space are like Brooklyn and the Clippers and the Bulls and the Knicks, all of whom are not going to be ready to compete for a championship right away. Like the Sixers having $42 million is very different. I think the Bulls have somewhere around there too probably. I think I saw like $45 million. Uh, uh, yeah, the Zach Levine contract, we'll have to see how that one's structured. Right, right. And, right. and also David Nawapa is still up in the air. True. So – We'll see, but, but like, they, they, if they had, they should have a yeah. If they had a close to or an equivalent amount of cap space, one situation is far more appealing to a player wanting to win now than the other. Obviously, right. Yeah. So like, they were never going to threaten their 2019 cap space. Like, I would be more upset with this offseason if they did go pivot from we didn't get LeBron, we didn't get Paul George, we need to panic. Because we promised big additions, so we're gonna go <laughs> yeah. sign, you know, Tyreek Evans to <laughs> But we'll, we'll sign Tyreek Evans to like four years, sixty million. Yeah, like no, I, I would have been Tyreke. okay with one. Yeah, for a one-year deal, right? Like I, I can. Uh, I, that's the one guy who I could understand being upset with that you didn't get because he did ultimately sign a one-year, twelve million dollar deal. Maybe that would have been better than Wilson Chandler, but we also don't know, like, no one is privy to these conversations. Like, everyone's saying the Sixers, like, fucked up this summer. They don't know, like, I'm pretty damn sure the Sixers called Tyreek Evans and, like, offered an equivalent deal, I would assume, because they, you know, they absorbed Wilson Chandler. Like, I think when Tyreek signed, they took Wilson Chandler within, like, an hour. So I'm going to guess they had that amount of cap space earmarked for him. Maybe he just said, I have a better opportunity like to put up big numbers in Indiana because they have fewer rotation players who are going to be, you know, like I could be the clear six man or I could be a clear like 
20-point-per-game guy in Indiana where I can't fill you. And I'm looking toward my next deal, so I want to put up big numbers this year. So, like, I, I would just love to hear an actually good alternative plan of what they could have done. Because for restricted free agents, we're off the table. And there just weren't that many guys... Like, yeah, they could have gone after a Seth Curry. I would have liked that. They could have gone after a Kyle Quinn. I would have liked that, too. But, like, they didn't do anything to threaten their standing moving forward. And they're right. they're all, like, most of their guys are so young that you can realistically bank on internal improvement carrying you through this season. Like, Embiid's 24. Simmons is 21. Saric is 24. Fultz is 20. Like, they're effectively swapping out Bellinelli and Ilyasova for Chandler and Bielitsa. And then they're getting Markel Fultz, who's been working with Drew Hanlon all summer. Drew Hanlon saying his shot is way ahead of where he thought it would be. Like, if Markel Fultz returns to the prospect who we thought he was last year, that's more valuable than almost any free agent addition they could have gotten. Like, you're mm-hmm. adding a number one pick back into the mix. And Chandler is... He's fine. Like, he's not... He's not. I was having a talk with someone on Twitter yesterday. Bellinelli's a much better shooter than him, but Bellinelli's also a much worse defender than him. And in the playoffs where teams target your weakness, I would much rather have a guy who is like mediocre on both ends. And I don't even think Chandler's mediocre per se, but just for argument's sake, I'd much rather have a guy who's mediocre on both ends than great on one end and awful on the other. Like, you're, you're exposing yourself to less variance that way. So, like, I think the Sixers are going to be better than they were last year. If only because all their young guys, it's realistic to expect continued improvement from there. We saw Furkan Korkmaz drop 40 in Summer League last night. Who needs who needs LeBron James? You got Furkan Korkmaz, Right. Did you get everything off your chest there, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I'm writing about it too, and I like, I just don't even know what to say because I just think the whole argument's so dumb. Like they are going, they're going to use their cap space next year. After yeah. next year, that's when a Simmons extension will kick in. If Sarich stays around, that's when a Sarich extension will kick in. They have mm-hmm. no choice but to blow their load next year. I I, I think that the prevailing frustration is they're all on one year deals, so it's like you're right. kicking the can down the road. But, like, even so if they it. strike out on big-name free agents, next year is going to be when they lock into these role players in three-, four-year deals. Like, it's because right. they don't have another choice. That's so Unless, of course, they get Kawhi, which, like, theoretically is still possible. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I would just urge Sixers fans, you've stayed patient for this long. Trust the process yeah, for one more year. year. Like yeah. it's not even it's not even like you're you're rolling back a twenty five win team, you're rolling back a fifty two win team. You, yeah. you you feasibly have a very realistic shot of making it at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. Just uh, Are you okay? You I, seem I, very upset and you're very wrecked right now. It's yeah. just so dumb. I, I Of course it is. That's a, why I said we shouldn't talk about it because yeah. it's so ridiculous. It's been a very dumb yeah. week on Sixers Twitter. <laughs> Uh, should we mention the Lakers as, you know, we said obviously they're winners for LeBron, but the, the ancillary moves, the Rondo, the yeah. Lance, the JaVale, yeah. the Lettick, rescinding Julius Randle to sign Rondo. That's just, yeah. Look, Rondo is brilliant <clears throat> in terms of his basketball IQ. He still comes with a lot of baggage. Yep. And and you just don't renounce Julius Randle for him. Mm-hmm. You just don't. Mm-hmm. It's... <laughs> No, yeah, we have to separate it. LeBron, excellent move. Yep. Virtually everything else has been just so poor. It and so poor. Windhorst had an article the other day about how like Magic pitched LeBron on changing the way he's going to play, and so like he's they've consulted LeBron with all of these moves. LeBron signed off on them, so it's not like. You know, and Embiid had that tweet after they signed Rondo, and he was like, yo, it's not too late to change your mind. Pull a DeAndre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but, like, LeBron knew this was the plan going in. So he's clearly okay with it. He talked during the finals about wanting to play with high IQ guys. Rondo is that. 
Lance. Lance is maybe. not. Yeah, right, right. Jeff right. is not. I'm right. not really sure where he's looking. I, I guess Lonzo qualifies as a, yeah. as a high IQ player. Yeah. And, you know, there was talk about him wanting to play off the ball more. They're going to, according to Windhorse, they're going to, like, use him more as a post-up facilitator as well. It's just going to be interesting to see how this Lakers mm. team fits together. Because, like, yeah, on paper, I don't know where their shooting's coming from. Um, like, it's KCP and Brandon Ingram, I guess. If And Kyle, Kyle Kuzma, I guess. Yeah. And Josh Hart, I'm I reckon. Guess. Yeah, and I, I guess V. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sweet. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. he's not. I don't think he's going to play a lot of minutes, though. And they did sign Bongo right away. He's not a shooter. Yeah, he's more but... of a slasher, all-around guy. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can see in you know a world where this functions, but right. I can but... also see a world in which there's going to be like oh, an yeah. Arthur subtweet by November fifteenth. Oh yeah, and and there will be a lot of the broad drives, kicks to Toronto, Rondo drives, yeah. kicks to Lonzo, <laughs> Lonzo drives. <laughs> Passes out in the corner. Right. Two on the shot clock. Kyle Kuzma forces up a three and air ball. Yeah. 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 It's it's good. A lot of fun. those possessions. It'll be fun to see the type of defense they face, especially in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I uh, mean they're just like could you imagine going up against Golden State? They'll just clock the paint on you. Uh no, I know. It'll be really Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Um any other notable losers from you? Not, not really. Um, I didn't like the Amir Johnson contract. I should mention, mostly because I want to see Rashawn Holmes yeah, finally get yeah. his shot. Yeah, it's gonna be because <laughs> right yeah. now they have seventeen players under contract. Jonah Bolden is also coming over, so they're gonna have eighteen. Yeah. So, yeah. Bayless is going to be bought out or traded. If they trade him, that would let them. They could maybe package him with Rashawn or with TLC. Um, mm. Oh yeah, that would be smart. Yeah, they, you can get something for that, right? Because like I think Rashawn's gonna be I, like I like him too, but clearly Brett Brown does not. Um, <laughs> so yeah. he's expendable, especially if Bolden comes over. Like he he's he's got a non guaranteed contract until January. He's not long for the Sixers, would be my guess. But it will be Dear interesting. Spurs. Yeah, it'd be it's gonna be interesting to see uh, how they trim down this roster from. 18 or what will soon be 18 to 15 right 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 um the only other loser so far i would say is jabari parker just because the market hasn't materialized for him well don't say that because (laughs) kings are still out there i know that's the thing yeah i say that now and then i guarantee you we're gonna get a shams tweet later that's like the kings have signed him to a four-year 90 million dollar offer sheet uh but you know right now it's not looking good for him to get i think zach Lowe reported back in sometime during the season that they offered him a deal somewhere in the neighborhood of three years 54 million and he turned that down but it's not looking like that deal is going to materialize again so it's going to be wow. yeah it's going to be really interesting to see it like i get he could take the qualifying offer but that is one hell of a risk for a guy coming off of two acl tears in the same knee so is declining fifty four million. Yeah, right. I know it's gonna be so. I I I labeled Jabari Parker a temporary loser, fully knowing the Kings are probably gonna do something stupid. Mm-hmm. So oh, we yeah, we will yeah. keep no. an eye on all of the remaining restricted free agents out there. Unrestricted ones are still. You know, we, we made it through this first week, but there is still plenty to go down over the rest of the offseason. And we will also start talking about Summer League because uh, Vegas got underway Friday night. So we did. One, ga- one game in the books. And by the way, I just thought of a loser, potentially. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the Hawks, for not mm. yet having gotten, you know, more assets out of some sort of salary dump trade. Mm-hmm. But they could be playing the long game, like yeah. waiting until the deadline and right. then squeezing teams by February. Yeah. But so far, they've just... I get what they were trying to do. I also wrote about them at Give Me Sport. Like, mm-hmm. they were trying to play this five-out offense. Everyone can shoot the ball. I, I kind of I get it. But at the same time, you need more assets. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just walk in there and go, oh, if we all shoot, it's going to be fine. Oh, you need quality players who can do multiple things. And they don't really have that. 
So the second best thing you can get if you can't get a star or a multifaceted player is just more assets. Yeah. And given that I personally believe that they bungled the draft badly, they whiffed on a lot of their picks, mm. it would just really be beneficial for them if they get more picks in for next year or years down the line. So yeah. they need to get going with something. And also, uh, I, I would hate, if I'm in the Bulls, I would hate to lose this guy, But and I know he's not a three-point shooter, but David Nawapa <laughs> in, in Atlanta? Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's a quality guy. Like, that could be a quality contract. Those are the type of deals that Atlanta should pursue. Like, mm-hmm. guys who are in that age group. Yeah. And so far, we've heard nothing about Atlanta. I would like to see them throw a big offer sheet at Clint Capella. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's the one that team nice. that makes sense. As, yeah, like, that has does. cap space left. It'd be... I like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, we will keep track of all that. We'll, we'll start talking some Summer League in the coming days as well. In the meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at Almighty Casts. Joining me today... As always, my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I, I will continue sitting here looking at all those dollar figures and, and keep on asking just just one million our way. Just one. <laughs> yeah, for real. Just all right. One. Later, man. Later. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.